I think we can all come to an agreement. We love to watch sports. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. With pro football, college football, and MLB playoffs in full swing in both hockey and basketball around the corner, now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Hey folks, thanks again for joining me here on another episode of Full Count Chaos. I'm Nathan, you can reach me. Full count chaos at gmail.com. October baseball has arrived. Are you excited? Could you care less? Could you not give one shit about October baseball because the Orioles are not playing? Now, there are a few Orioles that we used to love to watch in Camden Yards who are only Orioles playing in October. You got uh, Cruz, Marcakis, O'Day, Zach Britton. Uh, it's going to be a little difficult to root for Zach Britton because he's on the Yankees. And unless you're a diehard Yankees fan or you live in New York, I'm pretty sure you're rooting against the Yankees. Why? Because they're the Yankees. There's a CBS article that came out uh, a couple days ago that gave you reasons to root for a team and and reasons to root against that team. For the Yankees, (laughs) it was one sentence. Do not root for them. Why? Root against them? Because they're the Yankees. So everybody feels that way, even CBS Sports. And every time I see Nelson Cruz hit a home run, I just laugh and say what could have been. The Orioles didn't want to sign him that extra year. I've beaten a dead horse. I've mentioned that a hundred times, but I am rooting for the Twins and Nelson Cruz, obviously, because they're playing the shit Yankees. Now, it's funny the teams that are the players that are not playing in October. Some of the top players out there: Machado, Trout, Harper, Arenado. One of the top players who aren't pitching, who are getting paid in the majors, we're not seeing him in October. What players are what top paid players are we seeing in October? Verlander, Scherzer, Kershaw, Strasburg, Granke. Moral of that story: pay good pitching. You got good pitchers, pay them. You know because guys who are making the big bucks, Harper, Machado, they're not playing in October. They're paid to make their team better, which they're probably doing, but they're not playing in October. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay not seeing Harper, Bryce Harper. I've Expressed my opinion about that guy plenty of times. He's a huge douchebag, but the national fans treated him like shit. There is no reason the Nat fans should be booing Bryce Harper every time he comes back into Nat Stadium. It's not like Bryce turned down a huge contract to go play for another team. That's not at all what happened. 
Another reason I don't like the Nat fans. And that's another thing I've expressed on this podcast a million times. I do not like the Nats because of the way the Nat fans handled me coming into their stadium. Yelling at me. I've told the story a hundred times. I'll tell it 101. Yelling at me for rooting for my Orioles when they made a big play. How dare you root for your team? You're a visitor. You should sit there and and keep quiet. Fuck you. Fuck off. So, October baseball. I love it. I love the energy. I know the Orioles aren't in it, but there are teams that I'm rooting for and rooting against, and Nats are one of the teams I'm rooting against. So I was a little disappointed when I saw them beat the Brewers. Now, the one entertaining thing about that game when the Nats were playing the Brewers, other than the exciting play where that poor kid, Trent Grisham, goes under his glove, just took a bad bounce. He's a young kid. I'm sure he was trying to make a play at home. He looked up at the runner instead of looking down at the ball. Either way. But before that, (laughs) starting like the fifth inning to the seventh, even into the eighth, who was ever working the cameras were zooming in on grown men, grown Nat fans, crying. One or two, they looked like they were sobbing. You could see some tears down their eyes. Others had their heads in their little Nat towels. Don't you stand there and judge me. (laughs) Showing their wives or girlfriends, whoever it is, rubbing their back. You could read their lips. It's going to be okay. It'll be fine. You know, if they lose, you're going to go home to a house full of kids who love you, and you say, ah, screw the kids. I didn't want them anyway. I just want the Nats to win a World Series. So that was fun. (laughs) I have people that I know who are Nat fans, and they can even make the experience terrible watching a game with them. Another person who makes a Nat, uh, watching a Nats game on TV, uh, a terrible experience, FP or PF or PP or FF Santangelo, whatever the hell his name is. He thinks every play, every player on the Nats should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, uh, Rendon would hit a foul ball. Have you ever seen a foul ball get hit so high and hard? Have you ever seen it? Look how easy he swings and look how far the ball goes off his bat. Have you ever seen anything like it? So today I'm going to be in a little bit going over uh, some top moments of 2019 that stands out uh, pertaining to the Orioles, the 2019 Orioles season. Again, they finished 54-108. So there's not a whole lot to, to jump around the campfire singing Kumbaya but there are some moments that I remember that were very exciting. Also, a listener wrote in, um, Matt Pine had on the show last week. I want to thank him again for coming on. It was a a great call. You can catch him on Utah Street Report, MLB Down the Line. But him and I started talking about, you know, much of an issue, how how big of a problem it is for the Orioles to bring in fans in Camden Yards. And every now and then, there's people that want to scoot up a little bit in their seats. But these ushers who are 108 years old, who are grumpy, who don't like kids, make the experience suck ass because they tell them, go back to your seat. It's like, dude, there's 200 people in Camden Yards. Let them scoot up 10 rows. Just let it be. So I have a listener that wrote in. He agrees. He wanted to express his frustration, something that he witnessed. (laughs) So I'll get into that. Again, like I say every week, a lot to go over. You can reach me on Twitter at Full Count Chaos. Facebook, Instagram, I remind you every week, all the good shit. So we've got Yankees playing Twins, Cardinals playing Atlanta, Nationals playing the Dodgers, and I thought the Dodgers were going to sweep them. Right now as I'm doing the podcast, it's one game to one. And when the Nats lost to the Dodgers, I'm sure it was a hangover, not just with alcohol, just with you know, a huge moment. I'm sure they were up late celebrating. They have to fly from the East Coast to West Coast. Boom, they got their ass kicked 6 nothing, just like that. And then they got to play Kershaw, and the Nats beat them. 
Three to one. Uh, what was the final? Three to one, four to two, something like that. I, at four to two, I was impressed. I'm thinking, oh man, when you're going, when you're down one nothing, and you got to play Kershaw, just forget about it. So the Nats are making it interesting. I just feel really bad for Trent Grisham, that young kid, rookie, right fielder uh, for the Brewers. Ball just takes a bad bounce. If you go back and watch it, yeah, he lifted his head up, but it just, I don't know, hit a clump of grass or something, and he just completely botched it. He missed it. It's one of those plays that fans will always remember you by, unless he makes some other play that wins them the uh, the division or, or some big game in October. They're always going to remember him, and that poor kid is going to have a lot of sleepless nights. I feel I felt bad for the kid. It just it was unbelievable. What a crazy game. And then yeah, I, I did watch a little bit of the Oakland A's and Rays. That was boring. The Rays were up like five to one. I don't think they have a shot in hell against the Astros. I don't I mean the Astros, they just got that one, two, three bang in their lineup. Forget about it. Pitching. I don't see how they're gonna do it. But yeah, uh, Max Scherzer. <laughs> I don't know, man. He uh, he's one of the greatest pitchers we'll ever see play the game, but in the playoffs. Him and the playoffs, they just don't play well together. He's got an ERA of like 3-7-something. I'm pretty sure it's around there in the playoffs. But, again, one of the greatest pitchers you ever see, and it's like that. There's there's so many star players that if you look at their average, their OPS, their strikeouts, ERA, whoever it is, playing in October, you know, all season, they're the greatest you'll see. And then October, I guess they just put so much pressure on themselves because they feel they got to continue to be the big star, and then they just shit the bed. I remember Adam Jones in 2012. He had like an average of .86 in the playoffs. It would it just happens. So Max Scherzer comes in against the Brewers. It's three to nothing by the second inning. And there's the cameras showing the Nat fans. Just I think some of them started crying by like the third inning. It was fantastic. And then I'm watching Nelson Cruz the other night. In New York, he hits a home run in right field. I'm, I'm a huge Nelson Cruz fan. It's just every time he hits a home run or makes a big play, you just all you can do is just smile and shake your head and say, oh, Orioles, you fucked that one up, didn't you? And when Nelson Cruz uh, hit that home run, Mark Viviano, who I follow on Twitter, he put out a tweet. He said, it was Nelson Cruz's uh, first, first playoff home run since October 5th, 2014, five years ago, when the Orioles were playing Detroit. We all remember that because the Delman Young bases clearing double anniversary was the other day, and everybody, everybody who's an Orioles fan, even not an Orioles fan, they just posted that video. And I look when I'm having a bad day, whatever is going on in my life that I need a little cheering up to do, I will pull that video up of Delman Young hitting that double bases clearing, uh, bases clearing double. To go up by one on Detroit. And even talking about it now, I'm getting chills. And yes, almost every time I watch that video, my eyes start watering up. Call me a douchebag. I don't give a shit. So that was all over Twitter. And each time I scrolled down, did I stop on each video and watch it again? Yes, I did. <laughs> That was a great moment. So, yeah, again, watching October baseball without the Orioles short, you know, fucking sucks. The Orioles fans, we are used to losing, and hopefully that ends very soon. And before I move forward, I just want to mention something real quick, and this may be an evil thing to say, so let me just apologize up front right now if you get offended or this irritates you, but Orioles fans that I've seen, like on Twitter, even Facebook, are almost reminding me of Cleveland Brown fans during the offseason. Wait, what did you say? 
Now, before you start throwing shit at me, let me explain. During the offseason, obviously, Odell Beckham, Maker Bayfield, um, uh, Baker Mayfield, Maker Bayfield, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, I don't like him. But, you know, even the NFL was fooled thinking that they're going to be the greatest team in the NFL, and they put him in, like, three primetime games, like, the first three weeks of the season. Every commercial has Baker Mayfield in it. The fans, the Cleveland Brown fans, and even fans that I know personally, were so fucking obnoxious, talking about they're going to go 16-0, and win the Super Bowl. Other teams should just allow them not to even play till January starts so that they can just start in the playoffs and go for it. It was obnoxious, and I get they were excited. They haven't had anything exciting Anything to be excited about for a long time. I get that. Doesn't mean you can be a douchebag, obnoxious son of a bitch 24-7. Now, that is not what I'm calling these Oriole fans, but my comparison is during the offseason, Cleveland Brown fans bragging about how they're going to win the Super Bowl before they even have a winning record. Once the Orioles drafted Adley and Michael Elias comes in making changes, the Orioles have a better record in 2018. I'm starting to see Oriole fans have, like, arguments with Red Sox fans and Yankee fans talking about, oh, you guys are going to be in our rearview mirror for the next 10 years. We're going to win, like, five rings in a row. Some fans are just being funny. There is sarcasm out there. Like, Eric from Barstool Sports, we follow each other, and it's funny every now and then seeing him on Twitter, you know, hashtag the rebuild's over, or, oh, my God, it must suck for you for not having Adley Rushman on your team. That's comedy. That's funny. But I am literally seeing fans who are Oriole fans just constantly talking about, you know, the Yankees and Red Sox are, are, are no longer going to be our concern because they're going to be trying to catch up to us for the next Knock it off. So I said to someone I knew the other day, I said, man, it's kind of reminding me how the Browns fans are. So, you know, I apologize. This may sound evil me comparing Oriole fans to Cleveland fans because, look, I'm, I'm a diehard Raven fan. So to even say this, it kind of makes me ugh. But it's true. It's just what I'm seeing. So if you're one of them out there, you know, it's fun. Look, we're, we've, the Orioles finished 54 and 108. Save the trash talking for when they at least maybe end 500 or, I don't know, have a winning record or better yet, make the playoffs. Let's, let's save the shit talking for that. So anyway, moving on. Again, if you have something you want to say about it, you can email me, tweet me, whatever you want to do. I'd love to get you involved in the show. I just want to remind you guys, I remind you every week, remember, if this is happening to you, you don't have to go to the doctors. You don't have to have that awkward conversation. If you just want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, all you have to do is go to BlueChew.com. Right now, I've got a special deal for my listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free. Again, that's free when you use the special promo code ARMCHAIR, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. All you have to do is just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Cheaper, faster choice, and I thank them for sponsoring my podcast. Uh, Fan writes in. want to get to him. Barry from Baltimore. Barry from Baltimore writes in. He was listening to the episode, Matt Pine and I talking about how Camden Yard Usher is being strict. Again, like I said, most of them are like 120 years old. Sometimes I want to put a mirror under their nose to make sure they're breathing as I walk by them. But a lot of them seem like they hate kids. Like, ah, get out of my section. What are you doing sitting here? Get out of here. And it's very difficult for Camden Yards to fill the house. And when they do, I think Usher should be a little more relaxed if couple teenagers or maybe a small family wants to jump up a couple seats or even come down to the uh, a lower section 
They were upper deck, lower section. There's a thousand fans in there. As long as they're not obnoxious, and maybe as long as you don't get greedy, you know, don't jump right up to the front row. Maybe just walk over to them, say, I don't mind you sitting here, just don't be obnoxious. But uh, Barry wrote in, he says, uh, so Barry writes in stating he was there this year and saw the same thing. And Barry says it was bullshit what he witnessed. He said he was here in May when the Orioles were playing Detroit. It was the seventh inning and two teenage kids came and sat a couple seats down from us in our row. He says, we were about 10 rows back from first base side, and there was probably 1,500 fans there, maybe, he says. Those kids obviously weren't sitting there and most likely weren't their tickets. Nobody was there, and they seemed like a couple calm kids who were nice who just wanted to watch their favorite team, Baltimore, play up close. Well, an usher walked over and asked for their tickets, knowing damn well they didn't sit there. Barry says, I tried to speak up and stick up for him, but the lady just looked at me, telling me to mind my business with her eyes. Oh, I know that look. My wife has given me that look a few times. Barry says, it's a shame knowing Camden Yard struggles every night to get fans in there, and when they do, they don't allow this kind of bullshit. <laughs> That's how he ends with the word bullshit. Barry, thanks for the email, and I agree 100%. Like I said, unless you're someone who gets a little greedy and then jumps up to the front row and you're jumping around screaming, at that point I get the usher needs to say, hey, let's go. Get out of here. Other than that, I agree. It's bullshit. Happened to me. Uh, uh, what section is that? It, it, it's left field. Down left field towards the corner and your, your, your neck is like kinked looking to your right the whole time. And it's a very uncomfortable seat. And those tickets actually cost more than sitting behind left field wall, which I thought was ironic. But so it was just four of us and we're all adults. And, we're, and they're, same thing. There's only maybe 5,000 people there. It was a Friday night. And we said, this is uncomfortable. The whole fucking left field section was empty. So we walk over there and we didn't go to the front row. We went like 15 rows back and then usher walked over, tried to give a shit. So I pulled out my ticket and then I, I pulled out my phone showing that our tickets were more then the seats in left field that we moved to. And, and at that point, the usher said, all right, well, just don't make a scene. Like, the fuck? What, what do you mean, don't make a scene? What are we going to do? <laughs> but again, I'm sure the ushers have their little meetings with their boss in the beginning of the game saying, we don't want this to happen or don't let that happen or if you see that, whatever. So, so I get it. I get it. Just, I don't know. They should probably be a little more relaxed. Uh, I'm going to get to the list here of things that stood out in 2019 um, I've said before in the show, you guys are my therapy sometimes. Thing, I, I want to vent. I said it last week. I had a couple people send me a message like, what the hell happened with your anniversary? Just take a minute or two here. And then again, I want to get to this list. And if I miss anything on the list of things that stood out, I'd love to hear from you guys. But as I mentioned, my wife's anniversary, uh, or my wife and I, we had our anniversary. We needed to stay local. We were going to like go to Vegas and visit some friends on the West Coast. We decided not to. She's in like four weddings coming up in like four weeks. It's fucking crazy. She's in charge of one of them. So it's just out of hand. So I promised the lady at the Rod and Real Resort that I wouldn't yelp her or give her a bad review. But I didn't promise her I wasn't going to go on my podcast and throw him under the bus. It's like an hour and a half from where I live. It's a, it, it was a cute little place right on the beach. Things to do out there. Um, I got the, the uh, nice suite with the fireplace, king size bed. Had everything ready to go. Thought it was going to be a nice weekend. Wound up having to get my money back 10 minutes getting there. But one of the things that pissed me off, I was going to surprise my wife. Champagne, chocolate strawberries, rose petals, flowers everywhere. It was going to be a beautiful scene when she walks in. And of course, there's nothing. 
Let me tell you why. Because every time they would email me the invoice of telling me uh, of what we talked about over the phone, it would be all fucked up. It wouldn't be right. And each time they, they had everything wrong with the strawberries and the flowers, they had it like on the wrong date. And I called them back like three times. So right there, I should have been like, oh, shit, this isn't going to be good. So when we get there, there's like four parking spots because there's construction everywhere. And it is a shit show turning into this place. And then even right there, I was like, oh, man. And a lot of the construction they're doing, I think they threw half of their scraps and old shit into the water floating around. It was disgusting. Walk up to the front desk. There's two girls probably in their mid-20s. When we check in and she knows who I am, again, my wife is standing a foot to my right. And they see, and they they should know, because I mentioned a hundred times that it's our anniversary and even said on my invoice in, in big bold letters, anniversary. The lady looks up at me. This is a true story and says, did you still want to surprise your wife with the champagne and strawberries and flour? I couldn't fucking believe it. I just stared at her. Normally, you know, I have something sarcastic to say or something funny or something to, to, to get the awkward out of the room. All I could do was just stare at her. You fucking crazy man. Now, my wife's the first one who said something. She awkwardly laughed, looked at me and said, thanks, babe. That's really sweet. And all the girl could say was, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said that. You fucking moron. So I'm thinking, all right, all right. I'm starting to get this feeling that this weekend isn't going to turn out the way I thought it was. So we walk up to the room. Of course, nothing. No flowers, no no champagne, no straw. There's nothing. Holy Santa Claus shit. And I, it, when we walked in, it was like a weird smell, like a bleach. Like, it was bleach, but it was like stale bleach. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I can't put my finger on the smell. The room was basically filthy. The, the bed was old. The springs were popped through the bed. The stains were ripped. Uh, or the sheets were stained and ripped. Uh, the bathtub, like their heart-shaped jacuzzi tub, we weren't going to use anyway. Because, you know, you think about it, what everybody else does in that tub. But anyway, there, there's like pubic hair all in the tub. There's hair around the edge. There's brown filth, a brown filthy ring at the bottom of the tub. The shower had mold, soap scum. And it wasn't that they didn't clean it. I, I don't think they just forgot to clean it. You could tell some of the areas that they quote unquote cleaned. But... <laughs> They just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell happened. And they knew that was the room I requested specifically for our anniversary. It was a fucking mess. You could hear the people, you could hear everybody talking around you. The door to go into our room was like busted. You could almost fit your arm through the bottom of the door so you could see people walking by you and they could just lean over and see you in the room. It was, anybody who walked above, there's people staying above us. And again, we were only sitting up there for about five minutes because right away we were just looking at each other like, what do we do? And I was like, I don't even think I can get my money back because I signed that jackass contract saying, you know, after 72 hours, I said, but but I got to be able to do something. And at that point, we're ready to get out of there. But the people above us, when they would walk, it was like thud, thud. The drywall dust would fall and hit us in the face. It was unbelievable, disgusting. So I walked down there. I said, nah, we're done. I want to get my money back. At first, they were only going to give me the one-night stay. I called back the next day, spoke to the manager. She was very nice. She did give me my entire money back. But I couldn't fucking believe it. But my wife, as I'm sitting there, I didn't scream at him. I didn't yell. I was very nice. But as I was telling him, like, look, take the keys back. We're out of here. She was in the car 
Took her like three minutes to find a, another resort like 20 minutes down the road on Chesapeake Beach. Beautiful place. Harrington Harbor Inn. Beautiful. The, it was so clean around there that the the staff was very friendly. Uh, we agreed we're going to go back at least once a year just to have a nice little weekend. The rooms were really cool. You had your little own back personal patio with a hot tub. Uh, that we got into. I mean, you know, it's, it's a fucking hot tub. It's not like a little personal bath in a dirty bathroom. But I just, I couldn't believe it. So that's where I was two weeks ago. That's why I wasn't around to uh, upload the episode. Yeah, that was our anniversary. <laughs> it's a shit show. And they had their fi- the fireplace, like when you walked up to it, it just reeked like it smelled like gas was leaking. And you could see the flame underneath. I'm not very familiar with those kind of gas flame fireplaces where you flick on the switch. But, you know, are you supposed to, ju- is it supposed to reek of gas when you walk up to it? So I'm like... All right, honey, let, we either need to hurry up and get the hell out of here before this place blows, but that's the only thing that's going to get blown if we stay here. So we left, off we went. So I just wanted to get that out. You guys, again, are my therapy sometimes, therapy session. Yep, so if you uh, be careful, Rod and Real Resort, if you're thinking of staying there, I'd stay away. I don't know what the hell that was. Even if it was clean, the room just seemed, ugh, and the walls are paper thin. All right, um, I made a little list, and I'd like to hear from you guys as well. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Some of the things that stood out, maybe some stats, some events that happened in 2019. Just when I started writing things down, just right off the top of my head, things that jumped out that I remembered. And uh, I didn't go to too many games this year. Um, I, I didn't have to jump up seats because I was spoiled. My cousin, who has all the nice seats, the front row... You know, we went to those seats and, and had a blast. So, again, I, I'm very spoiled with the people that I know and the tickets that I have in my family <laughs> that I get to use. So the first thing that uh, stood out to me when I think of 2019 is uh, Trey Mancini not making the All-Star. And I even uh, mentioned on the show weeks ago when, when there was an All-Star game, or I should say months ago, that there was a poster outside the stadium of <laughs> the 2019 All-Star team, and it had Trey Mancini in the picture. Everybody was convinced Trey Mancini was going to be in the All-Star game. Nope, Trey didn't make the team, and Matt and I talked about that uh, last week as well, and I said it was, and he agreed too, it was probably because he was just bouncing all over the place. The Orioles didn't, if he would have just been strictly a first baseman, probably would have seen him. Uh, The 2019 Orioles scoring 729 runs, 107 more than the 2018 team with 622. I don't know if these are actually in order. I don't know why I put that at the top. I mean, that, that was a pretty cool stat. I don't know. I am, I'm reading this. I'm like, I don't know why I put that so high on the list. It wasn't something that jumped out at me. Uh, one thing that did jump out at me, Wilker, Wilkerson's catch in right field. He caught it! He caught it! Unbelievable catch! That was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, did that just happen? Holy hell. I mean, his legs... We're flapping around. He, 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 when he went to catch, he looked like one of those things like at those uh, car dealership parking lots those, with the air things that just go up and down, up and down. I mean, the guy, his arms, his legs, his head was turned around. I mean, he, he was all over the place, and he caught the ball. It was one of the best catches that I've seen in a long time, and I did take a moment and sit down and think if I ever remember a better catch in the outfield robbing a home run, and I don't. It was unbelievable. Now, the very next thing is Wilkerson again ending the season for the Orioles. 
So he made that catch in the eighth inning. And then in the ninth inning, what a shit show. So to end the game, it's the bottom of the ninth, tie game, runner on first. I think it was Mookie Betts on first base. The ball was hit. Uh, I think it was Richie Martin they had to shift on, hit off his glove and rolled out to, to Wilkerson. Well, as Mookie Betts is rounding second, he's noticing Wilkerson just kind of trotting up to the ball. And then as Mookie Betts gets to third, Wilkerson just picks it up and just kind of looks looks in the infield like nobody's on base. Like there's a runner on first, but he's right there, so he's not going to run a second. Mookie just starts running. <laughs> Wilkerson just throws it in like it's the end of the inning and you know just starts trotting into the to the dugout. Stupidest thing I've ever seen. And right there, when that happened, everybody had the same thought. Yep, that wraps up the 2019 Orioles season. That is exactly how the season should end. <laughs> oh, what a shit show. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was that was a bad, bad way to lose, bad way to end the season. Though with Wilkerson's catch, you know, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll see him again next year. Hanser Alberto. Uh, one of the, I mean, he was great. He was fantastic. I, I even had a segment a couple weeks ago about how I feel that he's still going to um, do what he does, and we may just be able to witness the first year of his very successful career. But I do got to throw in when the Orioles were playing uh, the Indians. I think I think that was in May. Uh, runner on first. I think it was bases loaded. Actually, hit to answer Alberto. Alberto goes to try to tag the guy out at second. Doesn't get him out at second. Holds on to the ball too long, then tries to throw it first. Everybody's safe, tries to throw it home. I mean, it was just an absolute shit show. And you have to drink every time I use the word shit show in this episode, by the way. So you got to make up for it. It's about 10 drinks, 10 to 20 drinks you need to start sipping on. So I, I do remember that. <laughs> and for the next couple weeks, next few episodes, I remember saying, Hanser, you can't can't bring your glove to the to the field anymore. You're done. Since we're on the topic of bad plays, another play of 2019 that stands out is when the Orioles were playing the Dodgers. It was tied 2-2. Two to two. Bundy was pitching, goes to the backstop. Instead of Bundy covering home, he just has a brain fart and just stares like he's watching the game on TV. You're like, what, what did you do, just shit your pants? Like, why are you standing there and not covering home? And two runners score, and of course the Orioles lose by two. <laughs> it was 2-2, two to two, they lose 4-2. to two. Because Bundy's just standing there, going, uh, "I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. All these these base runners are coming home. I don't know why. Maybe he thought it was a foul tip. I don't know. But that was a really bad play, and just another another 2019 Orioles thing they do. Another way. Uh, the Orioles. I another thing that stands out. They used 18 starters, zero pitched a complete game. <laughs> that happened in 2015 as well. Uh, another thing that stands out in the 2019 season, the ball's being juiced. It's ridiculous. Players are bunting the ball 410 feet. Uh, the Orioles allowing 305 home runs, nearly 50 more than the previous Major League record. Of course, we remember that. Uh, their ERA, 559, by far the worst in baseball. I, I Again, I wasn't saying this is going to be a happy list. I'm just throwing out there of stuff that stands out. Look, it wasn't a good season. There's a lot of fun things that are going to be coming up. But the 2019 season for the Orioles <laughs> did not end well. 54 and 108. 54 wins and 108 losses. So I'm not here to try to uh, pat you on the back and make you feel better with some of these. Uh, another thing that stands out, of course, Davis breaking the record, going over, and all the bars and restaurants around Baltimore giving away drinks when he gets his first hit. That was fantastic. Made it very entertaining. 
Not entertaining for Davis. Uh, another thing, Davis trying to fight Brandon Hyde. Didn't happen too long ago, so I'm sure it's fresh in your memory. That was crazy. Matt Pine said it great last week. Chris Davis is a huge distraction in this rebuild, and he needs to go. Whether he's a great guy, a nice guy, a Christian, whatever it is, he's got to go. Here's your money. You're still going to get paid, Chris. And what also stood out, Chris Davis playing and remaining on the team the entire season, even after trying to fight Brandon Hyde. I will always say it until the my last few days here on earth, Chris Davis should have been gone when that happened. And a lot of you will agree. I thought it was thought it was a little interesting a few weeks ago when I had on Paul Folkemer and he said, well, we don't know what Brandon Hyde said. <laughs> I just thought that was a little interesting. Like, really? You tried to fight your manager, but ah, let, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he said something really mean. <laughs> I just feel like a lot of the stuff that stood out it was just shit show baseball. And I didn't want to make a list of things. Oh, another, of course, the Adley Rushman. When they drafted Adley Rushman, that was fun. Because I went to the Jimmy Seafood party earlier in the year to watch the draft party. Had a great time. That was the first time I ever went to Jimmy Seafood. Loved the food, loved the atmosphere, and watching Adley get drafted <laughs> right off the bat. People are like, all right, World Series, here we come. That poor kid's going to have a nervous breakdown. I think he already did. Hearing about what the fans are saying, all right, now we're good. Rebuild is over. <laughs> we got Adley. Oh, boy. Another thing I wanted to announce, by the way, before I wrap up this episode, I last year I ended the season. Once everything wrapped up with baseball, I wrapped up. Looks like I'm going to be doing it year-round. I'm always going to be finding shit to talk about, as you know. No matter what the situation is, I'll find something to talk about. But with the new network that picked me up and, and you know, this is getting to become a successful podcast because of you guys. Also, next season, I will be uh, giving away tickets again for the Orioles just to thank you guys. But, yeah, I'm going to be doing it year-round. And, you know, maybe in the off season, maybe I'll take a week or two off. But I'm not going to take two to three months off like I did last year. We're just going to keep going. And what keeps the show going is you guys. So, again, I love when you guys get involved. Please, please reach out to me. Anything on your mind, definitely will make it part of the show. Till next time, see you.